Hello and welcome again to the Cycling Dads podcast, the podcast for dads who ride. I am once again Aaron Thomas Smith, joined as always with Devin Palmer. Remax results. And Devin, today we have a big announcement. Is that so? We do. We do have a big announcement. And that announcement, Devin, is that we have a winner, an individual who's going to receive a full Cool Dad Cycling Club kit. A discounted kit. Completely free from Podium Wear Custom Sports We're seriously giving away a free kit? A free kit. We have a winner. Uh, Thank you all for sharing your favorite episode, your thoughts on Instagram, for following us. We really appreciated it. The winner of the free Cool Dad Cycling Club kit is Riding in Wisco at Riding in Wisco. I do not know your real name. I'm going to reach out to you on Instagram and we'll, we'll get connected that way. But congrats, Riding in Wisco. Thank you for being a listener of the podcast. Very excited to see you uh, post up photos of the kit when that gets done. That said, Devin, when is that kit going to be? When, when can other people purchase the kit? Now that someone has been awarded a kit, how can they get that kit if well, they do not win? First of all, we are not exporting anything to Wisconsin. We I do not endorse happened. this club. This podcast does not endorse the state of Wisconsin. There are definitely dads who ride in Wisconsin, though. So I feel. Isn't there like a big bike company out that way? Uh, not that I know of. We're going to have to discuss this off air because right now you're putting you're putting this whole podcast in real jeopardy with this Wisconsin talk. One up racks. That's the company I'm thinking about. That's when I think biking and Wisconsin, one up racks. That's the company. Well, Wisconsin aside, I would love for the dads who enjoy this podcast to order the kit because we do have a storefront open and it's going to be open for one more week. For one more week, we're going to be closing that uh, a little more than one more week, actually, Devin, just to just to be a stickler, just to be the stickler, because that's what I am on this podcast. I'm the stickler. Tuesday, May 4th, we're going to shut it down midnight i'm going to be posting up the link we're going to have a couple of of posts about it it'll be on the facebook page the instagram but check it out uh if you're looking for a great riding kit for this uh uh, season very excited uh to see you all out there uh with that uh, ourselves included i'm just stoked for a new kit that i have i designed so and Aaron, just uh, one more time you can clarify for our listeners yes you're giving each of them a free kit no, the riding in Wisco is getting the free kit. Everyone else, uh, you will have to pay. So they're just getting their own kit and they have to take the initiative to click a link and place an order online. Yes, sir. They do. And this is a pre-order. So we're going to take these pre-orders and then uh, my employer podium where we're going to make all of the kits because that's what we do. We make cycling kits in St. Paul, Minnesota. And then we are going to ship those kits out directly to all of you. And they're actually just real quick, something that you don't even know about yet, Devin, but there might be a secret, secret, secret present with all of those orders. Are you hiding something within the chamois? I am hiding perhaps another item will just be kind of slipped on top there for everyone who orders. Okay. That's a little, a little vague. I feel like the people just will want to know what they're getting. So they'll know maybe, maybe you'll just, maybe you'll just mention what that is right now. I will not. Hmm. I don't think people like suspense, Aaron. People love suspense. Thrillers are, isn't that like a hey, huge Aaron, speaking movie of suspense, genre? You're keeping our, our listeners in suspense on who the guest is this week. We're, we haven't even talked about our fitness yet, Devin. No, Aaron, 
Devin, are you, you trying children? to skip the fitness section? <laughs> Sorry, I need. I don't. I don't know that I ever vetted you. Are you even eligible to be on the cast, Aaron? Do you have children? I we have definitely. I've been vetted on uh, episode number zero. Uh, meet Aaron and Devin. Okay, Aaron, and do you ride bikes? Uh, yes, I actually just finished the Birchwood coffee ride this morning. It was great. Okay, Aaron. Aaron is good to go. <laughs> Devin, how? Since since you seem so keen to skip this section of our intro, I'm I'm even more curious. Um, how is your fitness going? Well, I just think we have such compelling guests this week. It doesn't behoove us to get mired down in who's riding, who's not been riding. I just don't. I think maybe we you know we're in such a rush to get to such a fabulous guest. Maybe we just skip discussing who maybe hasn't been riding. Who? Do you, should I go first? Hey, Aaron, why don't you go first? Okay, I'm going to go first. So I just finished the Birchwood Copyright, uh, which, as a reminder, every Sunday, 9 a.m., Birchwood Cafe in in uh, Minneapolis. Come on by. All are welcome. It was a great ride. We had a lot of uh, uh, rad folks on there. Um, my... Uh, like OG, uh, 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 you know, guy who who got me on a bike, taught me how to ride in a group, showed up uh, out of nowhere. He's he's kind of known for not riding with people anymore, so it was it was very fun to uh, uh, get him on. It was a little bit like taking a test and then having your principal like over your shoulder the entire time, going like, mm, I don't think I do that. I don't think I do that. So there were a couple of times that I'd be like, let's go left, and he'd be like, hmm. <laughs> <laughs> so that was uh that was lovely um but i'm feeling good i just finished a four-week block of work uh, uh it was a little bit hard last week because i also got my second uh shot of the moderna uh vaccine for covid um i don't know if you all have been hearing about this covid thing that's been going on uh and uh, that took me out for a solid 48 hours that was really rough so uh, a lot of hard. it hit me real hard i got the shot uh, and just, uh, it was not good. I basically slept for a solid 36 hour period. So, um, yeah, but other than that feeling good and going into rest week and really excited to go into a rest week and just not ride my bike actually. So how about you, Devin? Well, Aaron, I'm proud to say that I'm coming out of a three, four five week rest week, kind of a period. Yeah. You know, my periodization good. for, it seems that for my career, the periodization will be consistent indoor training, slow destruction of all fitness over the course of the spring as my business picks up and I'm doing showings, closing deals, uh, selling homes. And then hopefully I'll have a little minute to breathe a little later in the, in the year and uh, get back on more of a routine. That's good. Cause I feel like what's happening is I'm coming up to where you were in fitness and you're, you were going to meet in this middle area and then like June, July, we'll be able to just hit it hard together. We'll see what we're going to find out. Yeah. I've just been living in a little bit of chaos. Um, loving every minute of it. Cause I've got five, I think I was telling you off air. I have mm-hmm. five deals pending that will all close in May. So a ton of deals getting done for my clients. Um, and that's the big reward. So I'm really excited to be getting deals done for people in this interesting time. And, uh, I'll take, I'll take the hit in fitness to get people into the home that they want to live in. And I think it's, it's going to get real for a second. I think that you know, what we talk about a lot is balance, right? And balance is not just like 
constantly level, right? Like it's, it's, it's the up and down in, in various parts of your, of your life. So, um, I, for one, am super impressed with, uh, how you've just kind of really taken off as in this market too. I mean, this is not an easy market to sell in, to buy in. I mean, you are, uh, uh, up in your game, man. So that's great. Doing my best. That's good. So that said, the person that you were trying to, you know, skip right to in order to avoid this awkward conversation, uh, Sean, we have Sean Pease on the cast, uh, of formerly the Meesville 56, which you and I have both done. Uh, I've had a pretty good showing there. Have you podium? You know, I'm trying to think the, gee whiz, there was that one year where, I was the first person to finish. So mm. would, Aaron, would you call that a good showing? Does that, I think that's first place. I think that's yeah, how it kind goes. Of like, um, the first finisher. So it's like, yeah, I, I don't know what you would call that really, but yes. Yeah, so I've had some interesting showings there. And Sean, Sean's a, a real rad dude. I loved catching up with Sean. It's been a while. It's been a minute since Sean and I have connected. We used to do some work together. Um, but honestly, just a really good friend. And it was it was fun to have him on the cast. Uh, it was really great just to catch up. He's I mean, so much has changed since we last talked uh, for both of us. So that was rad. Um, I also like the kind of, you know, the concept of maybe doing a little bit of a, of a cool dad cycling club ride on the Meesville route. It is it is like my favorite gravel route in Minnesota, to be honest, because it is like a 30 minute drive from the cities and then bam, you're there. And then there's King's bar at the end. Like what's not to love. It's um, that's a pretty good setup when you think about it. It's, it's a fantastic setup. What was your favorite part about this talk? Dev? I loved hearing his perspective as an event promoter and his experiences over the last few years. He took over Meesville, I think in 2015 and he and a partner were kind of building it up, building up, building it up. And then he explained to us, that process, those experiences, and then why he's, he had opted to kind of step away for life balance reasons. So I appreciated sharing, hearing that. Um, I, I like hearing from event promoters so that our listeners, if you're participating in these events, you can kind of understand the behind the scenes and have a, have an appreciation for what goes into creating a really good event. Yeah. It's, it's really easy to just kind of take it for granted or even, get to a place where like, why does this cost money or why am I registering or why can't I just show up? And, you know, the amount of work it takes, especially in today's day and age to put on a cycling event is enormous. Um, especially one that's enjoyable. I mean, you can, you know, you know, and speaking kind of a nice little segue, I do have an announcement real quick, Birchwood bike team, my bike team. Uh, once again, we are bringing back the Hutchinson road race, which also kind of connects into the fact that I believe Devin, you, you also finished first in that one. I had a good showing. You had a good show, but was that good showing also? Gosh, can we, Aaron, can we just, can we just stop talking about races that I've won? (laughs) (sighs) The people don't want to hear about how I'm a champion of this champion of that. Anyways. Birchwood bike team bringing back the Hutchinson road race. Um, and I'm going to, I'm going to do something I never do because I hate how it sounds on this. So you guys are going to hear clicking and I apologize. Uh, but I got to figure out this date. So, uh, well, well I'm plugging a thing for which you have not done your research. Uh, we are definitely plugging this. Th- this does not happen very often. Does it Devin? I'm just trying to think why you would bring up a topic when you don't have the facts in front of you. I just need a date. 
I just hmm. need. And you are the one I got creating today. I got the today. event, but you don't know when your own event is. It's just interesting. It's interesting. I'm I'm actually not creating this event. This is being put on by JVS, who is uh, uh, another member of my club. He is the the race promoter. I'm going to be out there helping for sure. But uh, it's going to be Saturday, August seventh. Road race, Birch Road Road Race in Hutchinson, Minnesota. Actually, just a little bit further north, my hometown. Uh, it is the claim to fame on this race is when I originally promoted it. According to Google, there was a negative elevation gain every lap. Someone has corrected that, unfortunately, but it is still flat as a pancake. And uh, as we all know from road racing in Minnesota, we all have a complex about uh, not having enough elevation, which leads to everyone finding like the one hill or the one you know bluff that they can go up and down a million times. No, screw that. Flat as a pancake Hutchinson Road Race. And that's going to be Saturday, August 7th. I'm excited to see what happens. So come on out. Uh, would love to have you see if you can beat Devin. Who knows? He might, he might be able to defend his title. Um, and then we have one more thing to talk about. Hold on. I'm just trying to, let me jot down these plugs. So people need to order a kit. The order kit. Go gets a free kit. Yep. You and I, I still haven't ordered my kit. I kind of need to order my kit. Yep. Sean is on the podcast. I'm out of shape. What's I'm the vaccinated. final? You're vaccinated. You lost all your hair as a result. What's the final thing we're talking about? Well, this is kind of your thing. Go on. <laughs> Carver County Cycles. Oh, There's yeah, the other thing shop. we're plugging. Well, let There's me take it from here. Let me take it from here. Uh, new bike shop alert. So when you are riding in the West Metro, our buddy Joel Zock has opened Carver County Cycles in Watertown. It's right on Main Street. So if you're zipping out west on the loose line, he's just a block or two off the loose line in downtown Watertown. Uh, So Carver County Cycles. And they have an awesome selection of used bikes. So Joel also runs Gringineer.com. Gringineer buys and sells online. And so he now has a storefront and he has the, um, the online business. So if you're looking for something a little off the beaten path, or if you're looking for um, parts, or if you're looking for you know a bike for a family member, or you're looking for a bike for a kid, someone that someone's getting into it, but they don't want to commit to a full-born new bike, Joel probably has an awesome option for them to get them started. So that's Carver County Cycles, downtown Watertown, right on Main Street in Watertown. Awesome. Carver County Cycles. I used to lead a ride. I led one of these because it did not work out the way I thought it was going to work out. But it was a prep ride for the Almanzo, the Oxyoke 124. And we could have used that uh, when we were we were busting through Watertown. So uh, good to see that things are changing and that that support network of shops is growing because that's pretty far out west. I mean, I know it's a ways out there. Yeah, it's a ways out there. So great. Well, uh, all of that said, so excited uh, for this interview with Sean Peace, formerly of the Meeseville 56. Excuse me. Uh, I'm just going to interject. This is an important piece of information. Sean is my friend, not yours. So Sean okay. is coming from my side of the aisle. He's my guy. He's been my buddy for years upon years upon years upon years. So I have firm and complete custody of Sean. Great. I want the Great. listeners to know that and understand and appreciate that. I think that's thank you for clarifying that. OK, so let me let me start again. My best friend Sean Peace is coming up next. Interview. Wow. Please enjoy it. I think wow. you all 
we're going to enjoy it and we will see you all next week uh, uh talk to you later friends Hello and welcome again to the Cycling Dads podcast. I am Aaron Thomas Smith, your host, joined as always with Devin Palmer, Remax Results. And Devin, today we have a, a very special guest, someone who you introduced me to, Sean Peace, is on the cast of formerly the Meesville 56 uh, a ride. Aaron, uh, why don't you let me take it from here, okay, bud? Okay. So, Sean is one of these characters who's been bebopping around the endurance community here in Minnesota for decade plus. He's one of these guys who's involved at final stretch, putting on triathlons, duathlons, running events back in the day. He went and got an adult job outside of the endurance industry, but couldn't stay away. And so he took over and grew the Meesville 56 wonderful gravel ride here near the Metro. Um, and we could not be more ecstatic to have him on the cast. Sean, yes, welcome to you, sir. Thank you. It's good to be now, here. Now, Sean, excuse me, excuse me. I'm speaking. Sean, out of the gates, let's just clarify that you belong, okay? Yes. Do you have kids? Yes. Do you bike? Yes. Okay. It's just a formality, but it was important that we do it. Now, Aaron. Devin. Yes. Devin, you forgot to ask Sean the important question. That I'm not going to steal your thunder. Aaron, why don't you ask him what his own favorite bike is, whatever your thing. Why don't you no, do your no, thing? No, 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 no. Sean, how many kids do you have? Kids, I have seven collectively. New pole position leader. Yep. Just saying it right now. But you, I noticed that you made the you made the the designation kids. Are is there something else that perhaps you're responsible for? Da, 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 da. Aaron. Um so big seven, news, we got our very first Aaron. Oh John, what are you? I am a grandpa. We got our first grandpa on the podcast. Yeah. And I I don't know if I I am a a pretty young grandpa, if we're being real. Depends on how you define young, but yes. Well, I feel like we're 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 weaving a visual image for our listeners every time we do this podcast. Um, Sean, uh, for our listeners, does not look like a Gandalf the Gray. Does not look like uh, uh, you know. There's no beard going on. He's a clean shaven, uh, uh, millennial looking like dude. uh, To be honest, looking pretty young. Sean, you're like what? Forty four. Forty five. Yeah, forty five. Before the podcast, Aaron was saying that Sean seemed younger than us, which is true. Yeah, not the case. <laughs> I am an elder millennial, so it's difficult to see where I fit into all these things. But Sean, grandpa, father, grandfather. So we're yeah. kind of we're expecting a pretty high degree of wisdom from you today. Oh boy, <laughs> this could get interesting. And we just hope you live up to that. Yeah, expectations are um, a lot of things, <laughs> but no, we'll we'll go. I mean, we can go for some wisdom. I don't know. We'll see. We can change some lives, or maybe steer some new directions for people. Possibly. And Sean, you go usually by Sean, or you prefer Peepaw? Well, um, I could go by 
Sean in the general, you know, just in general day, day-to-day stuff. But as far as the grandkids go, um, and, and most of them aren't talking yet, but uh, Peepa, that's the goal. But you can't force it. You just can't force those names. Those nicknames come, you, you have hopes and dreams of nicknames as a, as a grandfather, but you never know. We're Sean, working on, I, um, excuse I'm, me, Aaron. We're uh, working on, uh, <laughs> this, just for the listeners, this one is going to be chaos because Sean's <laughs> sure a real, chaos. a real goofus. Um, and we're just going to, it's going to be mostly hijinks this whole episode. Yeah. Uh, we're working on our daughter, um, uh, calling the grandpa's Papa and she's, Papa, she's yeah. got it already. Oh, what? she's smart. Yep. Grandparent nicknames are something of a sticking point in my family. My children refer to the grandparents by essentially the thing that they remember about them uh, in, in place of a nickname. So one of the grandmothers, for instance, is Hippo Grandma. Uh, the other grandma is Blonde Grandma, which due to their uh, inability to pronounce consonants comes out as Bond Grandma, oh. uh, as in Bond Girl. Very fun. Uh, The other fun fact about Bond Grandma is Bond Grandma, who is a listener of this podcast, by the way, avid listener of this podcast. She has a lot to say about you, Devin. Um, (laughs) She also is referred to as mom by my daughter. Right. Because I call her mom. And that has led to an interesting situation where we'll be at the store and she'll say mom, dad. Uh, uh, and that's not, that's my mom. That's not her. Mom. <laughs> right. So it, it leads to some interesting situations, some interesting looks yeah, at targets. Um, the other thing though, is grandpa nicknames. Uh, the only grandpa nickname we have so far is vegetable grandpa. Oh. Now he is perfectly capable of feeding and dressing himself. He just eats vegetables. And so he has been called vegetable grandpa. Yeah. Vegetable grandpa. Huh? I'm just saying, Sean, Peepaw might be aiming a little bit high, maybe just yeah. shooting for a, like, <laughs> Not being super awkward when your grandchildren refer to you is the goal. Aaron, could you just let's get back on track. If you could ask Sean about a bike he's geeked out about so we can we can kind of keep moving here. My favorite question, Sean, what are you riding right now? What are what are you super? I mean, you promoted a gravel race. So is it a gravel bike? <laughs> That's funny that um, I, I did promote a gravel race for many years. So six, almost seven years. But um, and I did have a a custom built all city macho king custom painted all the things and i actually got rid of that just before this past christmas hmm. um and i used now, the, Sean, just to be clear we didn't ask what bike you recently sold we asked what <laughs> bike you're currently riding that's true sorry if the question was unclear the question was clear and i went and sidestepped it but i am currently riding a 2019 giant anthem full suspension mountain bike 29er um and i have it's an aluminum frame bike but i've geeked it out with all carbon parts so i got carbon wheels post bars uh gx drivetrain uh eagle 2.4 tires you know it's it's set up exactly how i would want it so yeah, I'm looking forward to getting that's, on the dirt again. That's a sick ride. As a guy who's looking at buying a giant mountain bike right now, I'm very impressed with their lineup of products. Uh, yeah. Considering everything that's going on, they still seem to have like that perfect price point. To I mean, just I the value that you're getting out of a giant bike. Yep. 
I was surprised though when I showed up that it wasn't as big as I thought it would be. You know what I'm saying? Because it's supposed to be giant. But um, oh, <laughs> wow! There's that grandpa, grandpa humor. Grandpa jokes, right? There's that grandpa humor. I, I, is that the first dad joke we've had on the dad podcast? Honestly, it might be. I, somebody, oh, I want to thank you for that. You're welcome. I'm here all day. There's that wisdom. There's that wisdom. Okay, so we've got we've got the anthem is is your go to right now. Well, you mentioned it, and this is one of the things we want to dig into with you. Is you did put on one of our great local events, the Meesville Fifty Six. Um, I had done it before you were putting it on. I did it, I think, the inaugural year in twenty fourteen. My buddy Ross said, "Hey, you want to go do this ride with me?" I said, "Sure." Um, and then you took it over and grew it and got a lot of energy around it, a lot of. Um, sponsors and participants. You were kind of maxing out your allowed participants every year. Yep. So talk to us about your life cycle with it from growing it um, to riding it at the peak and then eventually um, kind of handing it off to the next generation. Yeah. So the the long or the short of it is, I mean, uh, over the course of seven now, this would be, if, if it does happen this year, it would be the eighth year, I believe. But um so the, the ride is a 56 mile gravel ride in Meesville, Minnesota. That's where it starts and finishes, um, which is just kind of south of the cities. Maybe what would you say, 35 miles south of the cities? 40? Yeah, nice. quick mm-hmm. for most yeah. of. If you're in the metro, it's a half hour drive to the start. Yeah, so quick. It was actually one of those gravel rides that was quite close to the Twin Cities in comparison to the other gravel rides uh, locally. So. <clears throat> Um, I think that was one of the big draws to the event in and of itself. But um, so we started it um, the first year. I think we capped it at 400 people and we had a a bad day, but it was we still got about 280. Um, So we knew right away that a this was popular, even with a kind of crummy weather. It was cold and I think it had even snowed or rained all night the night before. Um, so we just kept, as the years went on, it, it grew and the, the amount of people that showed up grew, the weather continued to be kind of hit or miss, uh, but it didn't seem to be, that wasn't the driving force of making the event good or bad. It was not the weather, it was the people. Um, and it was always good in that sense. But, um, so again, long story short, it, Crew every year, brought in more people and sponsors every year. The course remained the same every year. Um, And then I decided that this was always a free gravel ride. And I decided I wanted to bring in some kind of some kind of charity situation within the ride so we could give back to the community and also have fun doing a ride. So the goal with the ride was to keep it grassroots, keep the sponsors local and then give back to the community. We didn't know what that meant exactly, like which community we were going to give back to. But um, in a sense, we were already giving back to the cycling community because we're putting on a a free event. So we started thinking about how we could, you know, get a charity involved and 360 communities out of Burnsville just kind of came into the forefront and they're a local uh, a local charity group that is doing work with um, education and food shelves and housing within 
the community of people who are touched by, uh, unfortunately touched by violence um, or abuse of some sort. So, uh, and again, unfortunately that statistic is high, so they needed help. And we thought, well, that, that, that makes sense. They're, they're local to the County that the ride is in, which is Dakota County. So that made sense. And um, so we, well, I started the conversation and we got them on board pretty easily. And um, we basically started charging for the ride, but the, the investment that the riders were making was going to the charity 100% tax write off all the things. So in that breath, the, the first year, I think we raised about $12,000. The second year, which was not this past year, but the year before that, the year before the pandemic, um, we raised $30,000 for the charity. So, wow. Which is pretty impressive for, a a local grassroots gravel ride to raise 30 grand and, you know, and hand it off in that way. That's pretty amazing. Yeah. I I mean, that's a pretty big number, I think, um, for a one day event, you know? Um, so yeah, I mean, it, it was, it, it was, uh, it just, everything aligned properly to make that happen. And it, not only was it exciting and it was meaningful, um, but it's also a lot of work. It's a yep. lot of work to align, align all those things to, to make it jive and to make people excited about it and all the things. So, I mean, that's kind of the, the quick story of how it morphed throughout the five years. And there's so much more that goes into it than that. But that's basically it started out as a grassroots ride, free, simple. And it ended as a grassroots ride that was a big charity event at the same time. And that's kind of where I left it. And I have since then handed it off to 360 communities to do with what they choose. I think they have a good platform and a foundation to continue the ride. But with the pandemic, um, it puts a little bit of a wrench in the works, I think. So I'm not really sure what the plan is for them this year. I haven't heard anything. Yeah, because obviously it was off for 2020 yeah. and maybe pending or maybe not going to happen again. For 2021, yeah. Um, yeah, we'll hopefully see. back I, for 2022. I, I can see it maybe being a fall event for 2021, but again, I haven't heard one way or another from anybody, so I'm I have to assume that it's on the back burner. But they have they have the infrastructure and the capacity to put something something together quite quickly if they need to. Yeah. So I think that that word capacity. I really, I think that's a great word because there's a lot of places we could take this conversation, Sean, you know, obviously Dev and I both know you, um, and we've both done the Meesville. There's a lot of stories there for sure that we could bring up, but I think the thing that we wanted to talk about, Aaron, um, did you win the Meesville when you did it? (laughs) We don't really, did you win the Meesville, Devin? Well, I mean, it's not a race. It's an event. Yeah. So I would. To be fair, I think anyone who completes it and enjoys their day, they've won. So in that regard, I won the Meesville several times. And just so happens in 2017, yes, I did. Um, I was the first person to win the Meesville in that I was the first one to complete the ride and therefore have um, 
you know, I, I was the first to achieve finishing the ride and, and having a great day out there. So, so yeah, I does would, it, I would say it, I won the Miesville in 2017. Doesn't that mean that you've done the least amount of ride though, because you did it the quickest, therefore had less fun than the people who finished after I was you? the biggest loser that day, Aaron. You were the biggest loser that day. That's okay. I, can I bring up a ride on this podcast without Devin telling me if he's won it or not? That's my question. I'm, I'm going to get go, to the bottom of it. I'm going to go with no, but let's try. <laughs> Aaron, winners win. (laughs) Winners win. So capacity, right? So on this podcast, we talk about balance a lot, right? And we talk about the balance between riding a bike and keeping that lifestyle going. And we also talk about the balance of, you know, being a dad and being a family man and, you know, keeping that all together. Really promoting an event, though, that's a whole... I think I think the idea that a lot of cyclists go into and a lot of club people go into promoting an event is that promoting an event is going to be a part of that cycling side of things when really it's a whole other thing, right? So right. you're you're going from that 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 two that two to like a three, and uh, I've as someone who's promoted a number of events myself, I find that my max is right right around three years of consistent promoting. Um, so six six or seven years, Sean, that you you did the Meesville? Well, it would have been it would have been six. Two thousand twenty would have been six that I put it together. And then this year would be seven, I guess, technically. And I'm not, in, I would be involved a little bit, but yes. So we'll just go with, we'll go with five, even though number six, I had it all ready to go. And we had to pull the plug obviously in March. So, um, so, I mean, that said though, how are you making that balance work? How are you keeping kind of everything uh, in line or, or are you, I guess is the question. Cause I wasn't very successful. At yeah. it. No, I understand it. It's, it's, um, I want to, when I look back at the timeline and I look at my lifestyle then of my kids were much younger, um, you know, geographics job, um, those types of things. It seemed to, somehow work out where I could plug in my time for Meesville specifically in little bits here and there. Um, just because a lot of it was done via social media and on a laptop. So you can get a lot of that stuff done just by being at your desk at your day job. I hope none of my old bosses are listening, but I think they all knew it and understood it. Um, so, you know, when you have things like the course the, uh, the, the permits, the policing and all those things, once you have all that stuff in line, then it's really quite, it's not easy, but it's easier to manage. It was those first couple of years of getting that stuff, finding those relationships, having those long conversations, showing up at weird times of the day to a city council meeting. Once you get that platform and you can move through that, it's, it's much more seamless. So actually you say, you know, two to three years is kind of the max. Well, that's, you, I mean, you're literally just getting started in a way. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's much like parenting, you know, that, that those ages from zero to three are chaotic and they're crazy and you're trying to figure it out and you're trying to make a schedule, make time for yourself, which is nearly impossible. It's definitely just the beginning, but it gets so much easier, but in a completely different way. So wait, you're telling me that if I would have just stuck with it another year, it would have oh, been no. easier. With the parenting or the, uh, (laughs) 
Well, I in my kids with his first family. Oh dear. Oh shucks. <laughs> no, the bike race. Well, I mean, and my bike race, as far as like the awkward conversations go, um, the way I would say I, I ended up doing, um, I ended up getting lucky in that the sheriff for the county and I used to cause trouble together back in high school. And so getting him on board was pretty easy. Um, and then I just used that as leverage because unfortunately the course that I had chosen for the Hutchinson road race, like just dips into the next County, just dips Uh, into Meeker. And so you had to, I I would always have to have two sheriffs, um, which was a pain, but yeah, I, I, I totally understand what you're saying with, you know, getting it up and running Sean and having those long conversations. I think that's the thing that race promoters, don't understand, but I also think it's the thing that communities don't understand. And really that's on the race promoters to communicate the value that you're going to bring. And I I think Meesville, I mean, the it's Meesville 56 has put Meesville on the map quite literally for a lot of people who would either just drive through it on their way to Rochester or, you know, wouldn't think of it otherwise. And now I know dudes who go down there, not for the race, who want to ride those roads and have a burger at that, at that bar. At Kings, yeah. yeah. At Kings. Yeah, and, and I, I was at Kings actually this past year. We had a, a really nice um, kit design and T-shirt design that I had designed through a local tattoo artist. And um, Kings would always buy shirts from us to put on their staff. <clears throat> and so they, they still went through with that this year. So they ended up buying like 20 T-shirts and their staff was, you know, um, they're always excited because they're nice shirts and they're kind of cool and they're different. But they have the Meesville the King's logo on them specifically for them. So I was dropping those off and having dinner one night and the owners were there and they even, and this is back in maybe October or November of 2020. And they had a rough year. I mean, they were closed down for a long time and they don't have a huge to go order process. You know, they weren't used to that. Um, So they were kind of rewriting the book for themselves in that sense, but they still wrote me a check and they still, adorned t-shirts and all the staff has been wearing these shirts for the last five years. They've been getting the shirts every year. So when you go to Kings, you'll see a, that the staff is wearing Meadsville 56 shirts specifically while they're working, but they've, they've embraced it big time. And they, they will say that, you know, they cyclists are stopping in all the time to have burgers and beer or whatever. And they were very, very thankful for that. So you do make a good point. I mean, as a community, even if it's or especially if it's a small community like that, it these types of things do matter, Um, whether it's a one day event that makes big money for them that particular day. But there's a lasting effect that goes with that when you bring a clientele to them, you know, throughout a whole year or even through a pandemic to go support something local um, cause cycling was one of the things in the pandemic that skyrocketed, right? We all know that it's hard to find a bike right now or hard to find bike parts. <clears throat> and it's hard to find a clear path to ride. If you're in an urban setting, there's people out there everywhere. And, um, so I, I assume that there was a lot of people riding the Dakota County gravel throughout. Cause the it's a, fu- it's a gym. It's a phenomenal mm-hmm. area. Yeah. Um, and to have the gravel, the gravel rider is the perfect clientele for Kings because they're not, you know, coming from triathlon. We're very fussy in triathlon. 
But yeah. gravel, it's like you can stop in and have a burger and a beer and carry on with your day. Whereas triathlon, it was kind of a different tone yep. and how we approached everything. Yep. Talk to us a little bit about kind of the fatigue of this event in your life for so many years. Because we just saw the news. Unfortunately, the Bikes, Blues, and BBQ event in Clear Lake, Iowa, which is a hallmark of the Midwest road mm-hmm. scene. And just mm-hmm. I've only been once. But it's one of the most that weekend left a huge impression on me. Like, this is what a bike event can be. It was such a phenomenally produced event. Yeah. Um, and yeah, they're just they they just announced yesterday that they're going to wind it down going forward. Um, so you with the handoff, how did you know it was time um, in your life to hand it off? Well, it for me it was pretty clear, and it's funny because. Uh, Trenton Regor with the Filthy 50 and the day across Minnesota, he and I, we've gone back and because his events in the fall and I'm in the spring. So we, he was one year earlier than Meesville. The Filthy 50 was one year before Meesville started. So we've gone, we've become friends and gone back and forth. And every year after our, we put on our event where we will text each other and we'll be like, the day went smooth. Everybody loved it. Blah, blah, blah. This is from the outsider perspective to the race director. And then Trenton would say, yeah, I don't think I can do that again. It's too much. And then come spring, he would check in with me after the ride. And I would say, I think I'm done (laughs) every year. Every year was the same conversation and every year clearly. um, And up until this year, it continued. We would get, you know, we'd get the juices flowing again and get that passion back and, 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 find the time to, to put it on again. But for me, um, in 2019, the end of 2019, my life just shifted in general. So, um, I had, uh, at the end, so September of 2019, I met my now wife and with that came a whole slew of new things like stepchildren and planning a new life together and, moving and getting married and all the things that, that happened after that date. And it which was is a clear. lot of, that's a ton of important life mm-hmm. events to happen within a few year span, but to happen for you guys, it was a tight timeline. So it was a lot of big life events yeah. in rapid succession. Yeah. Big time. And, which and is not to be overlooked. Like the significance of that and the kind of the, the stress and excitement is not, it's substantial. Yeah. We, so we, we were looking at and finding a new balance within our new lifestyle. So meeting in the end of September 2019 and then literally getting married the end of September in 2020. So one year and a week had gone by. We had known each other for 372 days and we were married, blending a family of seven kids and then also having the, the four grandkids. So... <clears throat> It was it became it was very clear to me that Meesville was going to have to take a back seat, and it just happened that 360 Communities. Uh, it was one phone call. I'm like, are you guys interested in just taking this and running with it? It's I'm no strings attached. Just here you go. And it and uh, Jeff from the, who's the CEO of 360 was like, yeah, we'll we'll take care of it can we use you if we have questions and stuff like that? Can we use you as, you know, a resource? And the answer was a quick yes. And um, uh, 
that's all I, that's really the only role I'm playing now is if they have questions about something and that's pretty easy text message stuff. But so again, you know, it wasn't, there was, there was an emotional attachment to the ride because I had put so much time and energy into it, but with where I was living in the moment in the midst of a pandemic, all the things that were happening um, in my life that became more important than the ride. Um, I knew that the ride had to move to the wayside for me or I wouldn't yep. be able to do what I needed to do on the family side. Well, to be an active and involved grandpa, you know, and to watch, you know, watch the grandkiddos w- whenever you have the opportunity. Cause we know like my wife and I rely heavily on our parents, yeah. um, basically for daycare for our, our 18 month old. Um, and we're very, very lucky to have all the grandparents in town mm-hmm. uh, and they're all eager. They jump at the chance. And so sure. that, just from our experience, you and I have had conversations where it, I'm excited for you to be a grandpa, but it's knowing how important the grandparents are for our family. It's fun to watch it coming, you know, the same for you and your family. Yeah, it it's an interesting balance that in, in and of itself, because we have one set of grandkids that live a mile away and we have one set of grandkids that live 25 miles away. Um, and then Michelle and I both work full time jobs. And we're also still raising our own kids. So it's a little bit different, maybe. Um, I guess I'm assuming you know, your folks being grand, grandpa, grandpa and grandma now um, at a different stage of their life than I am right now. But with the yeah, same. They're not, they're not cool 45-year-old grandparents like you. They're cool like 60-year-old grandparents? Yeah, they're boomers. <laughs> and, they're, and they're retired. And they're retired. So there's, yep. the, there's the, a different you know, level of, you know, it's a, it's a different kind of a, yeah, totally different chapter in life. Yeah. I mean, if I was retired and I'm not even close, but it, it would, it would be a game changer for that scenario for sure. But we, the grandkids have kind of just kind of lumped themselves in as part of the group of children, because we have kids that range from six to 25. So, and then the grandkids are three to one. So it's just kind of one big party, you know? So Sean, I, I, I think when we were having a conversation with Rich, um, who you also know, Rich yep. at now, yep. the main goal I had from that conversation was for people to have a little bit more empathy for where bike shops find themselves at. Sure. And I think Sean, you know, the, my main goal with this conversation, because I'm always working the angles, right. Is I want people to understand, you know, when you, because with that announcement of the bicycle barbecue and blues festival, closing down. I think a lot of people are like, Oh wow. Like why, why would that happen? Why would they just stop doing it? Right. I think they don't understand the decision. Like you were saying after every ride, you're texting Trenton and you're being like, yep, you know what? I'm done. I can't do this again. The amount of work and dedication it takes to put on events and then, you know, to, to feel that and to make that happen and to go on Facebook and see someone say like, well, road cycling or gravel cycling or mountain biking is dead. Right. Cause another event is gone. Yeah. Um, so my, my goal is for people to really understand if you're listening, I really want you to know, like the reason why it's putting on an event one is so much harder than you think it is. It's also so much more worthwhile in, in different ways too. I think, I think that's the other thing I'd like people to, to take from this, but you know, when someone takes six years of their life, five years of their life and puts on an event like the Meesville 56, you know, it's so great that you had that opportunity, Sean, to call up 360 communities and just have them take that over. 
because yeah. so many events don't have that. They yeah. just disappear. And they just disappear. And to wit, what I'm saying is, you know, when you see an event adopt a registration fee, when you see an event adopt, hey, we need you to do X to, to get into this event and move away from that free ride model, that's important. And, and what that can show you is that that event is actually going to be able to be consistently there year after year, like the Lutz and 99 or like, right. you know, Jeremy Kershaw's heck of the North, you know, that is the stuff that, you know, for all the, the, I think anger that people have towards rides adopting fees, those fees mean that your ride is growing. It's becoming something that's stable that you can count on, but even then it's still a ton of work. So yeah, you know, I, I really do appreciate you coming on, Sean, and talking to us about this. Honestly, it's been a while since we've talked, and I was I'm shocked that the Meesville is now no longer under your care. But you know, after having this conversation, it makes a ton of sense. It's it's just the it's the perfect time. It's it's a great idea. And um, Devin, I think we need to go out with Sean and just do the course and do some video content. That's what I think. If we're talking content, let's do it. I mean, content. Sean, Sean's the kind of guy you get him on camera, and he just goes lights up <laughs> lights up the room but it, it truly it, it, when i see um grumblings online because it, online is a, the perfect place for grumblings and you see little grumblings here and there or if you see grumblings directed at an event it's tough because i know so many people who produce events um both in cycling and in triathlon and you know the amount of work that goes into it the amount of energy and just to make an event to pr- Produce a competent event is a ton. And then to make it special, like you did with Meesville or like the crew at now did with Green Acres or like Tim Putnam down in Iowa, Bikes, Blues and BBQ, it was such a special event. To make an event special, it's so much of your your life. And, you know, in Trenton, it, it eats up so much. And to hear grumblings or complaining or knowing that I'm sure every year you get a few salty emails about this or that complaint, like... Just our message would be give give your local event promoters a touch of grace. You know, like if Oh we just yep. lost Sean. We did. But I, I think it's a good point. And yeah, Sean's still on the Oh, yeah. he's still he's, on Zencast. We lost him on video. But yeah, do you video, agree? The video Tell dropped, us. but the Zencaster is still good, so 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 to it, your point, Devin. Give your promoters a little bit of grace. They're working hard. They're doing everything they can. Um, and maybe, you know, if, if you have to pay for a ride, guess what? That means that ride is probably going to be around for a little bit. They, right. they know their worth. They know their value. They're, they're moving forward. So we are over time, which is uh, we've been doing real good at keeping it on. But with Sean, I mean, I knew this was going to happen. But <laughs> Sean, we do have to ask you the final question. Yeah. The final question is favorite bike shop. It doesn't have to be around anymore. But what is your favorite bike shop? And, and what do you like about it so much? Well, it, I'm going to go way back to childhood days because that's where I have, I mean, there's so many, there's so many bike shops in the twin cities now. Um, good, bad, neutral, whatever. Um, but my best memories come from Jerry's Schwinn in Anoka. And I think it's still there, but that's where I got my first bike. I remember spending a lot of time there, um, you know, kicking tires, so to speak, test riding bikes. I lived like a half a mile away from there. My dad's business was across the street from there. So Jerry's Schwinn and Anoka, 
would be my favorite shop. And I, like I said, the building is still there and the signage is still there. I don't know if they're open for business or not, but um, if you get a chance and you're in an Oka area for whatever reason, it's right by Mercy Hospital. And uh, it's just a good old boy shop, right? It, that's, it smells like tires and metal. So what, what else? Smells like tires. Yeah. Sounds like, Aaron, can we indulge me just a moment before we let Sean go? Um, Sure. I, Sean, our, probably our first and strongest connection started when we were both employees at Gear West Bike, way out west in Long Lake. Yeah. Uh, I actually predated you there because I was working there since the summer of 08. I would just work summers and then go back to college and then work summers. Um, yep, yep. And you came on, you came to us, you had been with Final Stretch, um, producing events with Mark Bongers. You came over to the shop, um, you were wrenching and you were kind of my my guy. So I would come down and bug you and like, Hey, yeah. I'm doing an Iron Man. Can you give me a tune up immediately? And I, I did <laughs> right? that to you quite a few times. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. But that's where we really forged our bonds and we've kind of been to a degree irresistible to one another since. So sure. you yeah, eventually yeah. transitioned out of the bike industry. I got a job at the racery and you would come poke around and we'd saw each other at the racery. And then yeah. Um, as you were at the helm at Meesville, I couldn't help but come out and be part of Meesville with you. Um, so it's just been fun, kind of our our tandem lives. And and since we initially met over a decade ago at Gear West, right? Um, you know, seeing the transitions you've gone through, and now your latest chapter as a grandpa, and my my new chapter as a actual adult, and a pretty substantial uh, delayed adolescent period, which you got to see a lot of. Um, yeah, for but sure. But it's, it's just been fun to have it, have our little, uh, to, to be able to stay in touch and see how things are progressing with one another. Yeah, it has been good. And it's it's good now to also, I mean, I, I, I honestly, I was t- telling my wife, Michelle, last night, I said, I'm going to be on this podcast and it's uh, about dads and cycling. And, you know, she's like, well, that makes sense. And <laughs> so I told her a little bit of the backstory and you have, you know, Devin, you have met my wife at uh, Bootstrap Coffee this yep. past you know, 2020. But um, I was telling her about Aaron and how we clicked as well. And and we haven't seen each other for quite some time and this, that, and the other thing, but it's good to, you know, kind of, as we ebb and flow, the community is, is big enough to have a lot of cool people involved, but it's also extremely small where as we ebb and flow, we still get to have these types of conversations. And I think that if anybody is looking for anything out of this, the, the importance of relationships is uh is huge especially now and having good conversations and respect and <clears throat> just keeping that stuff going it's important absolutely that's every i think our last five guests that we've had have talked about you know we're in cycling you know maybe maybe you get into cycling for different reasons losing weight or you're really into the idea of electronic shifting which is a gentleman i just met that was that was kind of weird um but uh at the end of the day what you discover i think what keeps you in the cycling community is the relationships that you develop along the way yeah um and it's funny to me because I'm kind of in this new chapter where uh, my kids are in school. And so I'm like, oh, do I need to be like friends with the other parents? You know, like, do I need to introduce myself? And I'm kind of like, you know what? I'm good with all the people I know in the bike community. I don't really need to meet new people. I'm right. I'm fine with that. So, um, well, thank you so much, Sean. I really appreciate having you on the cast. I'm, I'm pretty sure Devin did. I'm not positive on that. Uh, but uh, looking forward to... 
<laughs> looking forward to uh, hanging out with you more. And dude, we got to go ride Misvo with you sometime. I think that'd be a, a riding with the with the race director and a former first former place champion. finisher, former champion. <laughs> it's dream come true for me. Yeah. Well, it's and again, I'll leave on this note. But I, and and you're welcome for being on. Thank you guys for having me. I it was fun and it's good to catch up. But. Um, we, I do need to get back in that kind of cycling shape because I didn't ride anything but single track last year. And, um, it's just a different beast than, um, long distance. So, um, this year I'm hoping to get a little bit more, a few more miles under the belt, but I still have yet to ride the entire Meesville course in one sitting. So, um, that's an interesting little factoid. I've never ridden that course in its entirety at one time. The first annual Dad's Do Meesville ride. Hey, I actually was uh, thinking that I would like to get a invite only type situation going for something like that, just for fun. So we'll, we'll talk about it. We're doing it. It's happening. This already decided. Thank you all for listening. Thank you, Sean. Thank you, Devin. We'll see you all next week. Thanks again for listening. Be sure to subscribe and rate us on Apple Podcasts. Our next episode comes out Monday, May 3rd.